Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because <laughs> yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hey, I'm Anne. And I'm Kendra, and you're listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio. Hannah's Heart is all about clinging to Christ through infertility and miscarriage. It's about honoring God through your family building process, whether it's fertility treatments, fostering, adoption, or whatever God's plan is for your journey. We just want to encourage you along the way. That's right. And we know personally, because we both have struggled with infertility and miscarriage, and we get it. We know that Jesus has to be your all and all, and yep. he is the only way you can make it through. The only way. But you know what? We're going to get into our stories a little bit later. First of all, let's talk about why Hannah's heart. Who is Hannah? What does that mean? Hannah, as a lot of people know, is in scripture. And her she's just one of the stories of the women who did struggle with infertility Mm. in the Bible. So a few years ago, I feel like the Lord just laid it on my heart to start studying those women, and she just really stuck out um, the day that I read her story. I couldn't get her out of my heart after that. So, Well, well, let's just give the listeners a quick overview, because some of them are like, Hannah, that name sounds familiar. What is her story? (laughs) So this is the the woman who came to the temple, and Mm -hmm. she was being mocked by um, a A sister wife. A sister wife, I love that term. (laughs) And, you know, was not able to have children. Sister wife was, Mm -hmm. and she she brought her pain to God, and she was praying at the temple. What happened when she she came to pray. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating. And her husband actually said something that really stuck out to me. He said, am I not more to you than 10 sons? And mm-hmm. that really stuck out because I was like, I could see how my husband could feel that way sometimes, you know, like, am why I not enough? Am I like, not enough? Because yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting, a child so deeply. Right, right. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. But that's one thing that really stuck out to me that made me feel like I wanted to meet Hannah. So after that, she was caught outside the temple praying. And um, it says in the Bible that her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and that the the priest, Eli, was like, hey, why are you drunk at the temple? <laughs> Thought she'd been boozing it up she just looked crazy. Right, right. I'm sure I've looked that way a few times. Yeah. So anyway, Hannah was like, I'm not drunk. You know, I'm praying to God. I want a baby. I, I want a son. And she said, God, you know, if you give me a child, I promise to give him back to you. And mm. so Eli, the priest, he... um said that, you know, when you leave, you will have a son. And so it says in 1 Samuel 1, 20, I think that's what it is. It says, and in due time, Hannah conceived and bore a son, and she called his name Samuel, for she said, I have asked for him from the Lord. Mm. And so 
that is how the Lord answered Hannah's prayer. And she followed through. She said, I will give him back to you. And after he was weaned, I don't know how many years later that was, she did. She gave Samuel back to Christ. And, and he went to the temple and, and lived and later became a right. prophet that mm-hmm. foretold. And he had Samuel's one of the prophets that shows up in so many so important many stories. Parts. Right, right. And he actually went to live back with Eli, you know, the priest who said, you will have a baby. So. Well, and tell us, like, what about Hannah specifically made your heart? I mean, obviously for the infertility issue, yeah. but what, what about her response to the Lord inspired you to start Hannah's heart? Well, one thing, I guess it's kind of a funny thing, not a funny thing, but the way that the sister wife, her name is Peniah, treated Hannah in the beginning, not being mm. able to have children. I never had anyone. I don't have a sister wife, praise the Lord. And <laughs> Thank uh, you, Lord, that we do not have to deal with <laughs> We don't today. do that. That would be a little too much for Will to deal with. Yeah. But... She got made fun of so much. I was never made fun of at all. But I feel like my heart went out to her because every holiday, every Mother's mm. Day, every I would see people getting their kids ready for Halloween. It was just a reminder I'm not there yet, mm-hmm. you know. And I didn't at that time, you know, you don't know if yet is going to come right. or what your yet will look like. And so anyway, that's my first part where I feel like I could feel what she was kind of feeling of um, not really feeling included in in that mama group and so but she handled it like a champ you know she didn't she didn't come back you know and have all these mean things like I feel like I would want to say you know I I love that Hannah in the middle of her pain like sometimes we're tempted to like want distance from God when Mm -hmm. we're hurting the most Mm -hmm. it's like I'm mad at you right now I don't you know because you're sovereign and you could make this happen Mm -hmm. for me but what I am so inspired by is that in the middle of her pain, she knew where she had to take her pain mm-hmm. and that the mm-hmm. only person to help her through that pain was God. And then right. she just pours her heart out to God to the point that people think that she's drunk. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to those moments of crazy, like, yes. God, you're the only one who understands this. You made me in right. my mother's room. You know every thought that's going in my crazy head right now and how consuming this, this strong desire is. Like, help me, Lord. And we get a little picture of how God ministered to Hannah through what she named her son. So Samuel means the God who hears. Mm -hmm. So L Mm -hmm. is, you know, the name God. And then um, Samuel sounds like the word um, Shema. Like, I don't know if you guys have heard the the Shema Israel, the hero Lord. So it's the God who hears. So he heard Mm -hmm. her heart's cry. And one of the things with this show, I think we want to be really clear from the beginning, is that um, this is not a show that's to give you positive vibes and good feels. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome, Mm -hmm. but this is a show that says, however God hears you, however he answers your cry, we know that he's enough and he's going to sustain you. And and you mentioned in the intro that it, you know, whatever God's plan for building your family may be, it might be adoption. It might be that he he gives you a biological child. Mm -hmm. It might be that you're called to not have children and and love on people around you. I don't know what, what the people listening's path is going to be. But I think no matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was Mm -hmm. with her. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's who she was. And that is who I want to be, you mm-hmm. know, um, there, there's other situations in life, you know, other than infertility that aren't going the way we might picture. Yes. And that we do know that God, if you would, if you would just say so, it would be. 
So why not say so? Yeah, the problem of evil is, involves more than just this issue. And I think that's a really important thing for people struggling mm-hmm. with this to realize. Like, it's so easy because it is such an isolating issue to feel yeah. like my pain is so strong and not realize that others that might not relate to your exact pain, they mm-hmm. have struggles of their own right. that they are going through, too. Right. Right. And to be reminded of that. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, so that's Hannah. That's Hannah. Um, tell us now, who is Anne? <laughs> and uh, let me just say this. Neither one of us are radio hosts or have ever no. done this. No. Well, we're a little nervous, <laughs> but uh, we feel that God called us to be a part of this project out of the pain that we've experienced and out of how God has just sustained us, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. pushed us through the Depths. sludge <laughs> of some really hard, hard days, and we're, st- and we're still in it. We're both yeah. still trusting God and, and depending on Him. Mm-hmm. So, so Anne, tell us who you are, a little bit about your story. Well, my name is Anne, and I'm married to my best friend, Will, and um, we've been married over six years now. We started desiring we well we knew from the very beginning before we ever got married we wanted children we talked about adoption before we ever got married and fostering and all of that and so then we got married and about two years in you know that's like the perfect timing I feel like yes. everyone is like you get married you year, wait two, two years settle in and then you have babies and that was <laughs> our plan and so anyway but that did not work out the way that we had necessarily pictured and so we are four years into desiring babies and I've been to the doctor many, many times and gotten diagnosed and all that kind of stuff and taken medicines. And I will be more specific about that coming mm-hmm. uh, in later shows. Anyway, and so we're just kind of still seeing, you know, what that means for us and what children mean for us. We started foster care. We got licensed to be foster parents going on two years ago now. Mm-hmm. And so we've had some kiddos in and out of our home. And right now we currently have three kids in our home. And so we love getting to love on them and do you feel like um, your eyes were totally opened through fostering to like expectation versus reality <laughs> at all yes okay <laughs> yes so with foster care oh my goodness I've, we've learned so much from mm-hmm. those kids and from those cases and a lot of people I think think higher of us because we're foster parents but that's not how you should feel <laughs> because, you know, we're just ordinary people. Um, I think any that, form of parenting brings out the flesh oh <laughs> my from goodness. what I've seen. You know, yes. Like, oh, it's hard. It's hard. It's a it sanctifying is. process, just like marriage. Right. Oh, for <laughs> sure. Um, but, yeah, those kids, they mean a lot to us, and they've definitely blessed us so much, getting to just watch them grow and getting to be a small part of their lives. So, But, yeah, that's where we're at right now and still just seeking God and the next steps and yeah like what you're saying just trusting him and yeah it's really neat I feel like I am finally at a place I would I would say probably back in February I finally literally for the first time was able to thank God for this infertility journey Mm. and I heard someone say that on a podcast one time it's called um, the podcast I was listening to it's called joy and infertility and that's really the first time listening to a podcast so nobody actually heard me but I was listening to it actually in our garage doing some work on furniture that was the first time I feel like I felt heard Mm. and I didn't even say a word to anybody you know but I was listening to these women's stories and yeah it just brought so much hope I hated that those women were going through what I was going through because I wouldn't wish infertility on my worst enemy you know but they were literally speaking the words right out of my heart and so yeah if that if 
that's one thing that could come from this podcast and from this ministry through AFA would be that. If if I could help give one woman that encouragement that I felt that day, I feel like I've done what the Lord is calling me to do. So, And obviously, I hope it would be more than one, and not even with someone not struggling with infertility, but maybe still being single later in life than what she thought or um, not having that job that she feels like she should have right now, you know, just some type of encouragement for just different things in life that we all go through every day. Mm, that's so awesome. So. Well, tell me, how how prevalent is this issue of infertility and, and also miscarriage? Oh, man. So infertility, it's one in eight couples that struggle with infertility. So that's <sighs> think about the people you pass by. So many people. At Walmart or at Kroger, you know, mm-hmm. that possibly have the same story as you. You just have no idea. Because honestly, it's gotten more popular, I feel like, to talk about on social media, mm-hmm. but not in the everyday like conversation you know and so and it was it was like a god thing that you and i even met each other and got to interact i mean so ann and i we both work for american family association um different roles we're not normally on the radio and it's such a private personal Mm -hmm. struggle Mm -hmm. and you feel like the enemy is so tricky and making you feel so alone isolated so isolated in this and i really didn't have anyone that i was talking to about it and uh, a co-worker here told us, you guys need to meet. Y'all need to meet. You've got to meet her. And I was oh, like, okay, where is she? And it was so life-giving. We went and met up for coffee mm-hmm. and like both of us just tears and just to know, like to have somebody else see you. Yeah. And, um, you know, Samuel, his name means heard by God. Yeah. Um, another name that it's really similar to is Ishmael. Ishmael, you can ha- kind of hear the, yeah. <laughs> the name in it. And that also is heard by God. And the, the story of Ishmael reminds me of the story of um, Hagar out in the desert when she was mm-hmm. in a point of desperation and she was yeah. pregnant and she she uh, she after this great God encounter God comes to her and um, speaks what sounds like a curse over her son but it's actually a, a blessing over Ishmael and um, she says oh the Lord sees me El Roy oh, yeah. he is the God who sees and so like I felt like through you, God saw me and mm, saw my pain. Goodness. And like, that's that's what I hope that uh, our listeners get from this, that uh, for sure. you're not alone. <laughs> right, right. And we're literally all in this together. Yes. You know, how cliche that sounds, but um, that is how my heart feels whenever I hear of anyone past or present, you know, a new diagnosis or they've been going through this for years. You can't help but... Um, feel a connection to them immediately, you know, as soon as you hear that they're going through. And all of our stories, mine and your stories, are mm-hmm. so different. Yes. Um, but they're so the same, <laughs> you know, like it still feels God like. God is the rock. And yes. that's our that's our key verse yes. from Hannah. Yeah, you want to tell him. them that verse? Um, so we talked about doing 1 Samuel 2, 2 as our key verse for this podcast. Um, it says, there is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one besides you. There is no rock like our God. And who said that? And uh, Hannah said that <laughs> in her, um, in it. her first like Psalm through right. there, um, which is so neat. But yeah, Kendra, mm. what about you? So what's a little uh, bit of your story? Okay. Well, my story starts actually back when I was single. So I grew up always knowing that I wanted to have, um, babies and mm. I was open to adoption. I have three adopted brothers and, oh, wow. um, but, but I think everyone thinks 
of a biological child as, you know, your, your first thought of, I want to, you know, experience that beautiful gift of life and carrying that. And so I, I always knew that I wanted that for me. I had a very long season of being single (laughs) and, um, I was 30 actually. And someone told me, um, they said, you're not really single until you're 30 and single. And I I turned 30 and I was like, you are right. (laughs) It feels so different. I hear these young little whippersnapper girls that are like, oh, I'm single. I just want to be in a relationship. And I'm like, suck it up, buttercup. You are 21. You do not know what it means to be single. But uh, no, I'm sure they have their own their own needs. But, yeah, but, uh, <laughs> but yeah, so for me, you know, serving the Lord, um, the Lord, I knew that I needed a man that had the same passion and desire yeah. and mission minded um, life that, that right. I, I was on a trajectory and it was give me Jesus and mm-hmm. you know and I just hadn't met someone every time I'd pray the Lord would say no yeah um, and people you know oh, she's so picky I'm like no I'm not being picky it's <laughs> forever it's just that it doesn't work out <laughs> forever is important and yeah. so you know I, I started when I was single um, I hit the point when I about when I turned 30 that I was like Lord is this gonna happen for me because mm. um, honestly I wanted I wanted kids just as much as I wanted if not more than yeah. I wanted to be married And I remember um, just trying to trust God in that season of singleness. And I remember laying my hand, I would do this regularly, on my tummy and just say, Lord, would you preserve my future offspring for your purpose Mm -hmm. and your will? (laughs) And um, I I didn't just want kids to have a mini me or to keep up with the the Joneses or the Johnsons. Like I really, the Lord gave me um, through some amazing people in my life, a vision of wanting to raise godly kids to be world changers and missionaries. And like, I was like, I want our home to be missionary camp. You know, (laughs) I want our kids to be used to doing extreme hard things for God. I want to like get the word of God deep in their souls. I want to pray over them. Um, I want to pull them into ministry. I want to go spend our Thanksgivings at soup kitchens, you know, and so I've got like all these dreams and, and hopes. And, um, then, uh, I ended up meeting a young man named Eric. He's really cute (laughs) (laughs) and had dimples and he was, they did, they were killer. Uh, so anyways, Eric was not at all what I was expecting God to bring in a spouse. And he was, um, he is a paraplegic, um, and a wheelchair user. Mm -hmm. And, um, I don't think anybody pictures, oh, I'm going to marry somebody and walk down the aisle and, you know, pushing in a wheelchair or disability. Um, But uh, the Lord was so gracious in giving me Eric. And um, he is a jewel that has been tested. Mm -hmm. Um, He had a a car wreck when he was 15. And um, I remember when I was praying about marrying him, I thought, you know, if I marry this person, I know that no matter what awful stuff comes our way, he's been to the bottom mm-hmm. of the valley mm-hmm. and he chose to keep walking with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it turned him to Christ and not away. Um, so anyways, I, w- I won't go into the long story of, of meeting him, but he proposed in a hot air balloon. And oh, it my was goodness. beautiful <laughs> and wonderful. He just swept me off my feet in every way. I mean, how could you not? <laughs> he was like, if you say no, I'm throwing you out after how hard I have worked right. to woo you. Lots of planning going into this. <laughs> exactly. That's so neat. But anyways, he... Um, he did tell me before we got married, we had the discussion of kids, and it mm-hmm. was it was a big one for us um, because, um, well, again, not going into all the details, but he at first was not 
all on board for having kids. And I was like, look, I don't know how they're going to come, but this is a non-negotiable for me. You want to be married to me? This is the dream God's put in my head. Whether, right. head, whether it's adoption yeah. or whatever, like, I don't know how God will build our family, but I want to have children. Right. And in discussing and, and dealing with some of the things that God was doing in his heart, the Lord was so gracious because I didn't freak out and run the other way like I thought I would have. But the Lord said, be patient. Do you want to work with me with what I'm doing in Eric or do you want to fight against what I'm doing? Wow. Yeah. And so we had some really um, important conversations about kids and some of his um, his fears and concerns of even you know, raising kids with a disability and, and yeah. some things like that. But um, but the Lord began to birth in his heart as well as mine to have children. And um, I was praying, but I was like, all right, Lord, well, how does the disability affect that? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and before we got married, we didn't know if we were going to be able to have biological children or not. Gotcha. Um, we knew that there was a decent chance and there were a lot of fertility options that might might right. be able to help us. Um, but it was one of those that we won't know. Um right away. And so it felt like a, a leap of faith in many ways. Right. I wasn't just, you know, and in a lot of ways, my, my eyes were open to some of the challenges that we would face. And I felt like God just reached his hand out and said, Kendra, do you trust me? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like, kids was this big thing that I wanted so much. <laughs> I was like, God, I really want this, but I trust you. Mm-hmm. And even if you say no, or even if you don't provide them the way that I want, I trust you. And I really did have a, a piece about marrying him. So anyways, we got married and we've been married almost three years now. And um, pretty soon we started um, being very intentional about trying to have children. And um, for me, looking into a lot of the uh, the science behind men with spinal cord injuries yeah. um, and fertility and, you know, how to help. I feel like I should have a Ph.D. now. Probably <laughs> so. I knew nothing before <laughs> getting married, and I'm like, wow. And it, one of the things is, like, it is so amazing that any life exists. Like, when you look at all of the hurdles that can happen, right. I'm like, God really is the sustainer of life, and it's so beautiful, and it's so amazing. Yeah. But anyways, we have literally, because— um, with, with his spinal cord injury, we have flown down to uh, Florida a couple times to see some specialists. He was accepted. And God's hand, he, he's led us step by step. He was accepted in a research program okay. um, that they, they um, specifically deal with men with spinal cord injuries. But wow. we had to go to Miami okay. to see them. And so I didn't had, even know something like that existed. Yes. Yeah, so we've had a couple trips there. We've, we've tried a few um, different expensive procedures yeah. and things mm-hmm. um, and a lot of praying and a lot of one step and then the next step and then, you know, a lot of heartache. Um, and we're in the thick of it. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm to the point, and I'll be honest with you, I've been trying a lot in my own strength and I'm about to the end of me. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm about to the end of me. Yeah. yeah. And it's got to be God. And, and we have had obviously discussions about adoption and, and we're open, open to those. But one, one thing I will say is... Um, Adoption, having having lived through several brothers that are adopted that are part of our family, um, it's not a Band-Aid for no. not being able to have biological no. children. But a lot of people, that's yes. exactly what they'll Well, have you tell. considered adoption? Mm-hmm. Oh, let yes. me think about it. <laughs> what is adoption? Yes. Oh, yeah. We, we've been told that many times. Have you thought, did you think about, I mean, before we fostered, have you thought about in foster care? Have you yeah. thought about, and if anyone wants to fix their fertility problems, I would not say to foster. Right. Wow. Because fostering 
you don't ever know how long that baby, that child is going to be with you. And so there's a lot Mm -hmm. of cases that turn into adoption, but there's a lot that don't. And that's not the point of foster care is adoption. And it's not the point of foster care, especially for the state of Mississippi, is reunification with the family. And so when you're struggling with infertility, the thought of giving a baby back, I yeah. mean, that's hard. So, yeah. but yeah, I did not mean to no, cut you off totally there. No, that's totally true. I mean, infertility is, um, if you're walking through n- closed doors and nose mm-hmm. and you come to the end and you realize like this might not happen for yeah. us, somebody saying, oh, well, have you considered, obviously a lot of times God does do that. God does birth in that person's heart that cannot have children, a desire for adoption. And he he is, God is so good about changing. um, What is the scripture that says, um, you know, that if you delight yourself in the Lord, then he'll give you the desires of your heart. And I think that doesn't necessarily mean he'll give you what you want. What you want. He will place his desires in your heart. And that's been my prayer with this as I'm trying to figure out which path to pursue first. Lord, if biological, right now, Biological children are definitely a desire of mm-hmm. my heart. I'm open to whatever God has, but they're there. If that's not your plan for us, then would you please take out that desire and replace it with your desire? Yes. And um, but I, I think for people that are struggling with that, it's not always helpful. But gotcha. Anyways, yeah, no, that's uh, me. <laughs> that's you. Well, and I can't wait to get you to get to know you better through this whole process. And I'm mm-hmm. excited to see what the Lord does have in store for mm-hmm. Hannah's heart and for our listeners. And so, um, you can reach us at Hannah's Heart at AFA. Net, and you can find us on Facebook and on Instagram. We're still super new. To find us on Facebook, you can search for Hannah's Heart AFR or email us at okay. Hannah's Heart at AFA.net. Okay. All righty. And then, yeah, we would love for you to send prayer requests or even topics that you would like for us to talk about because there are lots of topics that we're yes. going to get to um, over the next h- however long um, the Lord sees fit for this to go on. So is there anything else you would like I to say? I would love for? to just close us in a quick prayer. Okay. I love it. Father God, we just thank you so much for those ladies and maybe gentlemen that are listening, Lord, that um, I just know that you want to bind up the hurting hearts, Lord, that you say that you are close to the brokenhearted. And Father, we pray just as Hannah prayed, Lord. We, we say there is no one holy like the Lord. There is no one beside you. There is no rock like our God. May you be their rock, their fortress. Um, may you be their anchor in the storm. And would you comfort them during this time? In your name we pray. Amen. I'm Kendra. And I'm Ann. And join us next time for Hannah's Heart.